Here on the mothership, talking about WCW. Dusty yep, yep. Welcome to the completely unnecessary podcast for April fifth. It's Cadbury egg season, Tuesday, two thousand twenty-two. I got to buy some Cadbury eggs. That's Ian Ferguson. That's me. I'm Pat Contry. I'm in a better mood than I should be, being that I, I spent all of last night uh, reinstalling apps and programs to the new PC. How you doing, Ian? I'm all right. On the show today, uh, we'll be talking about. Um, the last normal man on YouTube. I can't even say it with a straight face. We're we talking about uh, Ian's angry. I am angry. Ian's angry. Uh, no E3. I'm not angry about that, though. That's oh, fine. Okay. Uh, Patreon poll topic. Atari shenanigans all down. Some voice messages. Uh, Ian went to WonderCon. I did. This past weekend. We talked about WrestleMania on the exclusive Patreon podcast. Patreon.com slash the podcast this week. Uh, what I did not talk about there was I got a chance well, to play the uh, Rush Pinball Machine, um, the new one by Stern. R- what's the theme? Rush of what? Rush. California. Oh, oh the band? California Rush. California Rush. You like Rush? I love Rush. Um, the <laughs> mach- <laughs> what does that go? <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm not a big Rush person. I don't know much about their songs. Um, yeah. I, I didn't like the look of it. It was fun to play, though. It was nice. It was fun to play. It was so nice to hear Getty Lee. Like, when you when you do certain things, he, like, spits out occasional facts about the song. Like, really? I started a song, and he was like, yeah, if you didn't know, Neil wrote the lyrics to this Just song. Just randomly? And I was like, that's kind of cool. Or he recorded on his phone. <laughs> so I have, I, I have to play more of that machine to really get, like, a feel for it. I really wanted it to look... It's, it's kind of plain looking, and I, I don't love the art on it, but... um. I like the layout. It's fun to shoot, fun to play. Uh, and yeah, I do like the little, <laughs> the little random the fact little fun facts as you're, like, as you're like starting the things. Up. Oh, I mean, that, that's honestly kind of cool to me. So they, they seem to do a band one every year or two, it seems like at this point, right? Uh, I think probably every two years they do a band. They do two machines a year, and I would say every Just other. Just two? They do two a year. Seems like it's more. And I think every other year. Yeah, it's got to be more than it's two a year now, because least. I think because people were telling me Godzilla came out this year. And I thought Godzilla came out at the end. No, Godzilla came out at the end of last year because I played it when I was home in December. There's um, got to be a list somewhere. I'll look. At so it. Rush is the first one this year. Yeah, maybe they only do two. I, I'll, I'm going to do a list. I'm going to look right now and see. Yeah, because um, obviously the, 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 there's now more manufacturers. But for like 10 years, there weren't any <laughs> you well, know, besides, besides them. Spooky is still very, very small and boutique. Sure. Um, and, and Jersey Jack is still boutique. And Jersey Jack, I don't even know what they're working on right now. But yeah, Jersey Jack is really boutique. They did four in 2020. Okay. What Ninja are they? Turtles, Ninja Turtles, Avengers Infinity Quest, Heavy Metal, the magazine, and Led Zeppelin. Heavy four. Metal? Yeah, that's a cool one, probably. In 2020? Oh, oh in 2020. And, yeah. In 2020, they did four. Okay. In 2019, they did they did six. What they did, they did Monsters. Black Knight, Sword of Rage, God, that sucks. Star Wars pin, Jurassic, New Jurassic Park, and Elvira's House of Horrors, and they did a Star Wars comic art redesign of the existing stars and Stranger Things. They're pumping these out now. Yeah. Six? Yeah, that's crazy. One or two, I forgot about Stranger Things. Is that a good one? I never played that one. Um, they have it at Arrow Club 
Um, and it's, I have no interest in Stranger Things as a show. Uh, the machine is kind of fun, little simple. It's, um, it's, it's a greatest hits of center bash. It looks like the minimum the past 10 years has been three. So okay. they, they're doing, they'll say on average, they're doing four year the past eight, nine years. They're pumping. Yeah. Them one out. a quarter. That makes sense. They're, they're pumping them out. Um, but, but Jurassic uh, Park is fantastic. Obviously, most of them are licensed, which kind of bothers me how there's almost no unlicensed one anymore. The last unlicensed one, but Whoa Nelly in 2015, was that on, was that not unlicensed? Whoa Nelly's, uh, was that- Juicy Melons. Yeah. It's, and it, it looks like, a an electromechanical. Okay. Might even be an electromechanical. Uh, so that, again, I, I understand. Yeah, but no one's done. I mean, there were like, there was almost no, I mean, even the nineties, there was almost no original ones. Original ones pretty much died out by the time you got to the nineties. Really? I mean, there was white water. I mean, sure. There are some fish tales, but by the time you got Theater to the of magic, by the time you get to the mid nineties and on maybe mid nineties, yeah, but, early nineties. Sure. Sure. There's, there's still some originals. Come on. But by the time on, you get Dr. to dude, by the time you get to mid nineties, it's all, That's right. it's all, it's all movies. But my favorite ones are the non like non ones of all time. My favorite ones are like like theater uh, magic, uh, medieval madness. Um, those are still my sure. Favorites. Attack from Mars wasn't themed. Yeah, so those you're right. Are, yeah, there was still a lot of uh, fresh ones. Um, Spooky occasionally does like uh, th- like they did the to- TNA total nuclear annihilation, which I love. That one doesn't have a theme on. I it. went from I went from hating that one to liking it. I love that machine. I went from hating it, playing it, and then I was like, okay, I get it. And then I then I I started. It's unreliable. It's unreliable as fuck. Oh, is it because all the parts? Oh, yeah. I, I I was talking. Well, there's a learning curve to that machine. I was talking to the guy uh, Mark who operates all the machines because he's usually he's oftentimes there. And we were talking about that machine. Him and I and my friend Adam were playing a game on it, and he's like, I love this machine he's like but i hate having it on location and he's like i he's like um he's like and i he's like i won't buy he's he's like he's like i'm nervous whenever he's like i'm looking at a spooky machine because he's like this machine just breaks down all the fucking time (laughs) they don't they don't like what three or four machines spooky yeah they've done a lot uh spooky also did the uh halloween slash ultraman that uses the same layout okay there was actually one on location out here and they pulled it off because it was doing poorly uh they've done alice cooper's nightmare castle they did uh rob zombie one i think america's most haunted that was the first one right they've done jetsons pinball Hmm. jetsons they like i said they also did the Halloween halloween and ultraman and they did a rick and morty one yes which i actually want to play because the designer the designer from uh, TNA worked on the one for Rick and Morty. Okay, they've done about ten machines, eight to ten machines. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. And Jersey Jack, this is this is our uh, pinball podcast. I'm Jersey Jack has done three, Just four. Three? They've done Willy Wonka, Hobbit, Wizard of Oz, and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. That, that's all they've done, really. I think that's it. Four in like ten years. You, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, I could be. I'm kind of shocked by that, to be honest. I mean, you could be right. I well, just, they took forever on um, for Wizard of Oz. It took forever on Wizard of Oz. But that was that was. But that they, but they helped, fine. But but that but you needed that. They, they needed to help change the industry and like do new things. That that was a. Cool uh, oh, they yeah. are uh, the ones who did the. They're the ones who did the most recent Guns and Roses. Okay, so they're still making. I thought that was stern. That's important. You need you needed you needed some fresh blood in the industry. Yeah, they obviously. did Willy Wonka, Pirates, Dialed In. Are they Dialed In? The okay. Hobbit and Wizard of Oz. Gotcha. Okay. All right, so like one every couple of years. And I want to play Dialed In. People like Dialed In. I can't remember if I played that or not somewhere. Anyway, uh, moving on. Preserve Play event happened. Our friends from Video Game History Foundation and Completionist uh, Gerard and Alex, they did a fundraiser. This is the second annual one. They raised $60,425. 
Jeez oh, Louise. That's a good amount of change for video game history. Congratulations. Preservation folks. there. Uh, I, I checked in Sunday morning, gave a few bucks. Uh, Alex was pl- uh, playing. Uh, uh, Frank was there with Kelsey in, in LA. They were playing the ping pong uh, all in one NES clone game. Since those are all NES games for a lot of those, like, all, uh, most of those, like, all in, like, plug and plays were NES ROMs. And it detected the swing. You actually got paddles for one or two players in. It was a 3D-ish ping pong game, and it worked. Yeah, I know Frank loves that one. It looked almost like brand new. I was keeping taking good care of those things. I don't usually come I, the, I, at the swap meet. I don't remember seeing those that often, stuff like that. Those like one-off weirdo ones like that. Didn't remember seeing those often, but uh, they're interesting. So a Call of Duty player. Uh, you, you skipped over Gex Jr. Oh, my bad. You're supposed to say, Pat, speaking, Pat, of video game preservation. Speaking of video game preservation, <laughs> Pat, uh, Gex Jr. Uh, uh, was found uh, this past week. It was uh, unreleased for the PlayStation. Uh, the guy looks real cool. Gex Jr. looks awesome here. He looks like he might be getting into some breakdancing pose. Uh, he's got a red backwards, a backwards red cap on. Um <laughs> Prototype only has a short playable level. Uh, this is from uh, HiddenPals.org. It repeats the level every time you finish it. Uh, uh, it has a few soda cans that Gex Jr. can collect. <laughs> Collecting one plays a gulping sound, but doesn't show how many you've collected. There's no like HUD or an HUD or anything like that. And uh, yeah, basically it probably meant to be like a kid's game. This be PlayStation release. Um, platformer, 3D platformer. These air guitaring. As his little, I guess, as a, as a taunt or completion thing, I look at the video. Oh boy, we've gone from we've gone from not getting, you know, years ago there would be no game preservation news ever, and now it's like everything. The, the faucet's turning. It's great because we yes. get good stuff, weird stuff like this. It's it's all good. What are you saying, Ian, about a Call of Duty player? Did you bring something up? What? Yeah, uh, the Call of Duty <laughs> player, COD streamer Kenji, uh, was uh, caught cheating this weekend. Uh, this past week, while attempting to show that he wasn't cheating by using what they call a, a, a cam stream, where you show yourself like with the with the monitors and everything. Right. So he pointed the camera uh, at his computer after the match as team one. After the match, competitors, I'm Sasuke and I, lovely, decided to dispute the results uh, with the uh, service that was hosting the game, Checkmate Gaming. They checked, and at one point, it says here, you can plainly see that he's using wall hacks, yes. which is a common cheat that lets you see your yeah. enemy through walls. In the video, you see the bo- these boxes where the enemies are when they're behind walls, and obviously, you're, you're, you have no morality when it comes to certain things if you're going to be a cheater, but you're a fucking moron if you out yourself while trying to prove you're not. That This is a video that went around, and the commentary is great. It's from, I guess, two people that were accusatory, and here's, here's the, the audio you can hear. There's two people watching that live, and one person is like, the one uh, female voice is like, I knew it! I knew he was cheating! The other person's like, oh my god! Oh my god! I gotta find it. I thought that was it. Sorry. So so, so people were knew this guy, something was up with this guy. Yeah. They knew it. Um, he's been banned from Checkmate Gaming, where he has apparently earned nearly $4,000 by being a cheater. It sounds like you can bet on games. You can like There's like money pools for, for competitive gaming. And the collegiate league that he competed in, the college COD league, issued him a permanent ban and disqualified his other four teammates representing Grand Canyon University in the league. I didn't know like a lot of colleges had teams for quote unquote uh, you know the esports stuff, but this is bad now because this is mo- this is monetary fraud involved. Sure, 
This isn't just, oh, I'm just hacking in. Because this happened with, not to bring up Unreal Tournament almost every podcast, because now I will. By the way, there's an Unreal reveal today, so it's going to be for something, obviously, for the engine. But um, there, was, there was a couple of times in the community where someone was found out. And they, were, and they weren't wall hacks. I, uh, they were mostly the aim hacks. And the cursor went on something and automatically fired. So that would work great for a lightning gun or, or an instant sniper rifle weapon. Uh, and that's why, wow, why are they getting so many headshots? Because they were waving their fucking mouse around until it hit something. Right. And people were accusatory. But then it got, not that it got covered up, but it was like kind of obvious. Then video would come out where it would be shown. And it was like, dude, you should have been aware this person is destroying everyone. Yeah. But only with certain weapons. Right. I mean, come on. Um, so it's a shame that this happens, but th- there wasn't money 15 years ago when we were playing Unreal Tournament. Um, this this sounds bad. I feel bad for the teammates. But I'm going to say this. This is probably a larger conversation to be had uh, where um, how can you do competitive sports and allow people to do it from not from like a centralized location where you know all the software? You know what I mean? Like how yeah. do you allow this? Because this is rampant. When like money's sit involved, down at a PC that's yes. already pre-set up and checks. Yes. I understand with COVID and stuff, but like there's money involved yeah. now with this. This guy has stolen money from people. Yep. And he's fucked over his teammates. And the, the university looks bad. This is this is bad. This is bad. I'm not saying they should toss him out of school, but you know, this there's an honor code system to like colleges and stuff. Like, that's ridiculous. And whenever these people get caught, they always like, I don't know. I, I can't wrap my wrap my mind around the people that do this stuff, how they how they jump through hoops to justify it. I don't know. Is the money worth it? Your, your reputation? I don't fucking know. It's sad. Yeah. Morbius sucks, Ian, the movie. Yeah, I heard. He sucks blood, too, but the movie sucks. And not not to castigate the audience in general, this is what you get when you go see Venom movies. You let Sony realize, oh, I own the Spider-Man properties. I'm going to try to make every C-grade Spider-Man villain into a movie now. And you get a fucking awful Jared Leto movie who want, i don't know who wants to see jerry leto as a as a uh, as a comic book character ever again after the awful joker but here we are i, I don't want to see him as anything oh I mean, the, the frankly the method acting asshole that would leave like fucking use condoms in will smith's trailer or whatever will smith so talk about slapping people that's uh, that was justified on, on set for suicide squad but the the thing coming up now is that he would stay in character because in the movie he has a disease the, the 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 doctor he would use the crutches to go take forty like go to the bathroom take forty five minute breaks uh, while like cast and crew is waiting on him just a just a fucking asshole just an asshole you're doing you're doing a, a C grade you're doing a superhero movie that sounds like could have been produced in like two thousand seven when people are saying like that's sort of like sort of the greatest oh, sure song. like it was like fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, no one wants to see this shit. And so Sony ha- already has lined up doing a Madam Web movie, a, a-, a Spider-Man character I never heard of, um, and then they're doing a Craven the Hunter movie. And no one outside of Spider-Man or comics knows who the hell Craven the Hunter is. I know who Craven is. I have no um, idea who Madam Web is. The point is, is that, like, these movies were going to bomb. And so, like, S- Sony, you had a good, you have a good thing letting Marvel do all the heavy work and make uh, let Disney make the, the good Spider-Man movies. And you're getting most of the profit out of the deal. Yeah. You're, or just about all of it. It sounds like I think I think uh, uh, Marvel gets like the licensing of, of the property, but they don't get a, like the, the movie ticket sales. You're doing fine. 
stay away from these characters. Venom, okay, we get it. Venom people know about. No one gives a shit about Madame Web or Morbius. I, I cannot tell you a Morbius comic book storyline run. I cannot tell you one. And I own his first appearance in Spectacular Spider-Man number six. I know that much. I don't know anything about the character outside of that. So here's here's the, the Rotten Tomatoes thing real quick. Here's the consensus uh, on this. By the way, I got to see Moon Knight. Speaking of good comic product, I got to see Moon Knight. I watched the first episode. You like it? I don't know if he was mad about the character. I'll stick with it. I love Moon Knight and I love Oscar Isaac. Um, the first episode, it feels like they're pulling from many different different storylines. Yeah, it, I just, I, yeah, I'm gonna have to. I mean, I'll stick with it because I like the character and I like the actor. Frank I'm loves. Not, a, I'm not sold on it. Frank yet. loves the character. Oh, yeah, I never, the I, I never really read the any of Fantastic. You should uh, read Bendis's run. I'll bring you the traits. Thank you. Twelve issues. 16, Knock it out. Sixteen <clears> percent on Tomato Meter. Critics consensus. Curse with uninspired effects. Wrote performances, I love that word, wrote, and a borderline nonsensical story. This dreary mess is a vain attempt to make Morbius happen. Please don't tell me that this made box office. I, I know there's some Jared Leto fangirls out there that have probably seen in anything, but like, please don't tell me that this made a ton of money this past, past weekend. I can't imagine it did. Uh, I don't think it made a huge amount. It made only $8 million on Sunday. On Saturday, it made 13 On Friday, it made, okay, it made like $40 million. 45 million that's hopefully not enough to justify doing any more of these awful fucking c great spider-man villain yeah hopefully not um or, or spider-man characters the, the deal is weird it's like oh if they first appeared in a spider-man uh comic we we get rights to it it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense that's really strange um hence hence why they do they can do a craven movie uh sony so there you go you got that we got more interesting enough we got the doctor strange movie in a month, which is going to be bonkers. Sam I think Raimi's that'll directing. be interesting. It's only two hours and six minutes. Thank you, Sam Raimi, for having a shorter movie. That's why I didn't see Batman. I was not going to spend three and a half hours in a movie. I want to see Batman. it, but I don't want to sit there for three hours. From what I heard, it's basically like you're watching an extended director's cut in the theater. It's like establishing shots that linger way too long, like the fucking Zack Snyder four-hour cut of sure. Justice League that could have been three hours. Like It's just too much. I want to see it. I heard the performances were good, but I don't have three hours in me. Not for Batman. Nights. Not for there's a Batman movie every other year now that he appears. In. It's like it's just it's not two and a half is like two and a half for Batman. Two and a half for Batman. I can do hour and a half for everything else. Well, two hours for Raimi. All right, that's fine. I'm actually I think it's gonna be super interesting with Raimi directing it. It's gonna it's gonna feel. I think they're gonna give him enough enough uh, rope to make it uh, like feel like a different movie. Yeah, with uh, with Raimi doing more of like a horrorish Sam Raimi experience uh, there. Um, bizarre end credit scene. I got to comment on real quick on this so they're trying to make before the rights to spider-man not rights but before the deal with disney happened in 2015 uh, to to, re to re redo it and relaunch it with tom holland in civil war in 2016 they wanted to do a sinister six movie with with andrew garfield they were building that up as a third movie there was hints of it in the maze of spider-man 2 they were establishing that with the characters apparently sony still wants to do a sinister six movie but in their shitty non- MCU world. So this is what they did. One of the best things about I, I was not a big fan of uh, Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming. I, I liked Far From Home a lot more than Homecoming. So people may, some people may disagree with me on that. Uh, Michael Keaton as Vulture was great in, in Homecoming. I thought he was really good. He wasn't a total uh, heel character, sort of a nuanced sort of character. Gave a modern spin on the character. And everyone loved Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton can do no wrong. 
gonna be Batman again, which is gonna be weird. But um, they decided, and they 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 did the end. They publicly came out with the end credits scene before the movie came out, which is bizarre. I guess they realized they needed all the help they can get with this Morbius movie. I guess. So what they did is they drew in the Vulture character from the MCU using the excuse from Spider-Man No Way Home with the, with the, uni- with the multiverse. They drew in the Vulture into the Morbius universe, which I guess is the Sony universe. My head's already starting to fucking explode because originally in the trailers, originally they showed Michael Keaton uh, being a, a part of this universe and showed like Spider-Man murderer. Originally, it was a Tom Holland universe. The Morbius was in. Right. But they made this movie like fucking three and a half years, years ago. ago. Sure. This movie was just come out over two years ago. Yeah. And they put it back. They posted because they changed the entire thing and recut it. They recut things and they redid the ending. So now Venom, Morbius. This the vulture that was in the MCU is now in the same shitty Sony non Spider Man Spider Verse, and it. it makes zero fucking sense because the the Doctor Strange spell at the end of spoilers everyone's seen it except for Ian at the end of No Way Home was the spell was everyone that knew who Peter Parker was as Spider Man I'm erasing their memory which would include the vulture right. and everyone else so there's no in story reason for him to be sucked into the Morbius universe. None at all. So he shows up. He shows up. Morbius is in a desert. He's let out of prison because it's like, oh, here's a guy in prison. We don't know who he is. They let him out. He somehow gets the same vulture tech that he had in the MCU. He only had it in the MCU because of the Chitauri invasion that happened in Avengers when they invaded New York, Manhattan. Mm -hmm. So he gets his vulture outfit with no way to get it with alien tech. He shows up in front of Morbius, and it's literally, hey, we should team up. And Morbius is like, yeah, we should. It makes no sense. I, I, I shouldn't have to analyze the logic for a comic movie, but it makes no sense from what they said. Like, none. And they ripped the Vulture character away from an interesting premise. The premise at the end of Homecoming was he knows who Peter Parker is. He's asked by it by the guy who becomes a scorpion in prison, and he declines out of some respect because he saved his daughter in the first one, mm-hmm. Liz. And, you know, he, you know what I mean? Like he was a kid. That's gone. Like that was an interesting thing that didn't they didn't bring up in in No Way Home at all. Like Vulture was not in No Way Home, which was shocking to me. Now you know why. Sony probably was like, "We want him back." We, fuck you, Sony, and fuck you if you go see Morbius to encourage this shitty behavior. Now I'm a comic fanboy. Sorry, Ian. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that was cool. There's no teasers at ultimatenintendo.com. No end credits teasers. You can get books. You can get an Apple pin. You get RBA baseball stickers. I don't know if you like that one or not. You can get the not for resale Blu-ray. I haven't pumped out in a while. It's a little shaken. You can get. I'm shaking up. There's uh, seven prints left. The the Yoshi Combat print limited to 22 prints. Signed by the artist who worked on Star Wars, Mandalorian, Walking Dead. Everything. He's now working on Invincible. The man can do no wrong, my pal, our pal Yoshi. The man can the man can eat some some seafood at Mitch's. Eating. He, he was p- p- pounding away the food there. I believe it. He was pounding away the food. This is a long intro. Uh, it's only twenty three minutes, Mister Clocker. Yeah, well, we're halfway through it. Uh, I'll be at the Midwest Gaming Classic <laughs> April thirtieth and May first. Mister Timer and May first, huh? Yes, Ian. I'll be there uh, with guidebooks in tow. Uh, Norman, the gaming historian, will be there. 
uh, Kelsey and Frank from Video Game History Foundation will also be there hanging out. It's the 60th anniversary of Space War. Uh, th- speaking of idiom history. Yep. Speaking of it, that's, that is the truth. Uh, 60 years ago <laughs> this month in April 1962. Zeros at five, Ian. This is, uh, this is from an article at How to Geek by Ben, Ben, Benj Edwards. Uh, a group of hobbyists at MIT released the pioneering computer game Space War uh-huh. on the DEC PDP1, which set the stage for the video game resolution. Revolution. 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 Um, and I believe it was a one-on-one combat game. Combat? Yes. combat, combat, yes. combat game. It Wait. became it became computer space in the arcade in the early seventies. Yes, which always confused me because computer space was an arcade game. Spaceboard was on a computer. Yes, it always confused me. But that was that was um, the first you know um, first main video game arcade machine. What was that? That, yeah. that predates Pong. Uh, Pong wasn't until seventy two. So that's the first major you know video game that came out commercially. Um, yeah, it had it had physics. Computer space. It had inertia. The, the physics and inertia are fun. If you ever, you ever yeah. played the, I never played obviously on a fucking. No, huge I've computer. never played it on this. But computer but space is awesome, and it's all it's it's all uh, what is it called? Something logic, um, direct logic, or whatever it's called. It's a hard logic. It's like hard coded. It, it, yeah, it's all it's all hard coded. You look at you look at the board inside, which I've seen before. It's like it's oh, it's it's not like standard standard like computer board with chips. It, direct logic is that what it's called? I, 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 it's, yeah, I, I can't. Discrete logic? Discrete logic. Discrete logic. It's discrete logic. Discrete logic. Uh, Breakout was the same way. Yes. So, like, the instructions are all, like, coded directly into the chips, basically, versus a computer figuring it out. Right. If I got, if I'm doing it in layman's terms. So, yeah, it's interesting. And it's fun. And it works. And they're beautiful machines. There's, like, what, three or four different colors? Yeah, they're gorgeous. They're fucking gorgeous. a green one, a blue one, a red one, I believe, a yellow one. They always remind me, I've seen green, red, Yellow. I've seen a blue, I think. I think. Okay. Um, Computer space. The way they look, they've got that, they've got that, like, uh, metallic, like, flake paint yes. on it. They look like... Um, like spray painted almost. They look like uh, county fair rides. Like, if you've ever been to a county fair, like, county fairs have that... The seats that and everything. Yes. That, it's that, it's yes. that fiberglass molding with the, with the flake paint on it. So this it was, looks awesome. That came out... So that came out in 71, uh, November, December... I love. They don't know the exact date. I love. It. I love the old video game history, and that was Bushnell and Dabney pre Pong the next year. Um, Pong may have, it may have stolen the idea from Ralph Bear probably for Pong, uh, but that was the next year, and that's the 50th anniversary of this year. Basically, the modern to me the modern anniversary of video games is 50th anniversary this year because of the Manavox uh, Odyssey and Pong is 72. That's the kickoff year to me. That's where we're off and running now. Uh, but obviously, this is a precursor. It's very important. Um, these folks are now getting their seventies and eighties that program this with the original, uh, the original video gamers there. And there's going to bring up, Oh, what about tennis for two? Oh, relax, relax. <laughs> fucking take, the, take it easy. Or the fucking, uh, take t- it easy. The tic-tac-toe game. Relax. Take it easy. That's a little bit different than, than computer space and space war. a little bit. Did you hear Al Pacino recently admitted to being on cocaine during heat? <laughs> no, no, no. He didn't admit to being on cocaine. He said that was the basis for the character, Ian. I thought no, no. He, he says, says on coke. He says, and well, if you know, you wonder why some of it's so accurate, and just kind of like trails off. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought he just meant that the character is supposed to be on cocaine. That was written like that. No, no. He's like the guy chips cocaine, and then he he's talking. I, I watched the clip just like yesterday or the day before. He's like, uh, yeah, he's so, got a great big ass, great big ass. <laughs> Hank Azaria's reaction was like. 
What? <laughs> like he was not expecting that on on camera. That movie like, is so good. I cannot believe you didn't see it before, Ian. It's like I can't believe there are people out there who say it's awful. Who the fuck says? I don't Heat know. Is awful? I feel like people who it's are contrarian. It's a fucking masterpiece. I'm not getting into Heat. It's again. a masterpiece crime drama. I, I cannot get on a it, Michael it, Mann thing right now. Ian and I, when it comes to food and movies, we're usually lockstep for the most part on that stuff. The important things in life. Movies and food. Need to watch Thief again. Yeah, Michael Mann. Holy shit. Michael Mann. Uh, you ever see Manhunter? No. It's worth seeing to yeah. see what it, the pre-Hannibal Lecter Sure. I, just for his direction. He's a director yes. that I would watch because I like his direction. Then you'll like it for the direction alone. Yes. And for the, the trippy soundtrack. And Yeah. You want to return to Monkey Island, Ian? I do. I do. I'm uh, very <laughs> excited about this. I don't know a whole lot, but it was announced that uh, a game by Ron Gilbert, uh, Ron Gilbert, the original person behind uh, Return to Monkey, or behind Monkey Island. There's a new one coming, and it's coming in 2022. There's a trailer. I'm excited about this. Um, always happy to see people return to the um, properties that they made famous. Very nice. Yep. So that's going to be exciting. I still haven't played that. Any of the Monkey Island stuff. I know. I I know. I never. For some reason, I was not playing that as Luke. I was, I was playing Sam and Max, and I was playing. Other, I, <laughs> <laughs> that sound. Talking like cat. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm angry. You you want to cut this next one? Uh, yeah, we can cut that. Okay. Congrats to Capcom. People making more money. Yeah, people are making more money at Capcom. 30% more. 30% more. That's how you keep people. Do it, Capcom. Okay. Uh, The people who are making Pinball FX, Christ, uh, Zen Pinball, uh, they released a new early access version of... um, Pinball Heavy segment. Yeah, it is. Well, it's all I've been doing in my free time again lately, anyways. Lately. Uh, They released a new version on the Epic game store and this version uh which is probably where all the other versions are heading eventually is uh angering people angering players it literally says on the, on the dock here i'm angry not let's talk about it. it says i'm angry about the new zen pinball and epic yeah so you tweeted it out this is like the second or third time third time they're asking people to rebuy their tables They've upgraded to a new engine. So Zen Pinball, Zen, Zen Pinball FX3, there was a two. Didn't we talk about this a few years ago? Yes. And we, I up, and the whole thing was like, look, we're upgrading to a new physics new engine. engine. We're moving systems. And this is going to suck, but you know, yeah, we need people to rebuy their this. tables. Yes. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll rebuy them. And so we I said, did. we said, okay, it's not horrible. Now they're doing it again. And it's because they have chosen to upgrade to Unreal turn uh, Unreal Engine uh, four. So they're redoing the engine again. They're redoing the engine Second again. Time in like five years. Yes. After already stating that you know, oh, our new physics for the classic mode, you can have arcade perfect physics. And now they're saying, well, we're doing it again because people want better graphics and they want more. They want better physics. No, you want us to rebuy the tables again. And what pisses me off about it, I understand. Look, I understand the realities. Before I get into this, they're also increment uh, implementing a uh, a fake currency, which everyone what? loves. Everyone loves fake currency. Yeah, I can't load up the new version and just go to the store and fucking buy. Wait a minute, my tables with money. I have to buy a ticket pack, and then I have to buy the pa- the tables with tickets. And let me guess, the increments for the ticket packs are such that you. So there's never always going to be some left, left over. Oh. Now, however, however, the person, one of the people that they talked to uh, from. Uh, 
uh, Zen, Zen um, was like, well, we understand that the, the people are going to have uh, uh, Kirk acknowledges that having extra unused virtual currency is not optimal, but we have a way to address that in Pinball FX's early access period. Zen will ultimately implement dynamic bundling, which will allow you to use smaller amounts of tickets to pick up an extra table. Kirk said this particular feature hasn't been implemented yet because as it's a data optimization solution. There hasn't there isn't yet enough data to build a dynamic building formula still ideally your balance could be zeroed out it's in its early access period now and it's not there so the problem's not fixed dynamic bundling i know it doesn't make a lot of sense why to have extra tickets but this tool is coming it's so you all can make money dynamic but but dynamic bundling is almost as bad as uh ea's term uh, what, what, what the mechanics? What was their surprise t- mechanics? Surprise! It's almost as bad. Dynamic modeling is almost as bad as surprise mechanics. So, I mean, I don't know what that means. Does that mean like if you have ten tickets left over, they're going to give you a table that you can maybe get? I, no, I have no they, idea. They might give you the opportunity to buy uh, something at it up. Or, or this is scummy. Yeah. This is scummy. No, it's scummy. It's scummy. So I understand the that licensing with pinball is very, very tricky between because the companies, the IPs, between and the companies, yeah. the actual IPs themselves. So I understand that, and I understand why sometimes this. I I, I understand that, but my problem is they're doing this for the tables that so, have no license or oh. IP. They're doing it for the tables they've made themselves. So there's, all, so there's, the, no, there's no excuse. There's no The tables that they made that have been around since Zen Pinball 1, and they added some in Zen Pinball 2 and Zen Pinball 3, those, they're still doing the same thing. So there's no excuse. So it's a money grab. So yes, it's a money grab. It's absolutely a money grab. And we already have accounts. We already sign into accounts on these things I because it tracks, pins. Because right, it tracks yeah. your fucking scores sure. and stuff like that. So they know what we've purchased. They could carry it over if they wanted to. They, they know could. They could. They could yeah, they now, could. And so, and again, I'm kind of both sides here. No, I'm angry, but I I, I can easily play both sides of my head because, yes, I, as a pinball Uh, fan, they have a smaller basis that they're selling stuff to. But if you piss off that fan base, they're gone. I don't understand it. I mean, how much do the tables cost each, roughly? It depends on what the tables are. Okay. I mean, some of them used to be like, I remember when they were doing Marvel ones, which you can't even get on the new one because of licenses. When they were doing the Marvel ones, they were like, it was like two for eight bucks. But here's where I get fucking cheesed. They released the Indiana Jones Williams pinball machine on uh, Zen pinball effects okay. like two weeks ago. Okay. I bought it. I don't even like the, the Indiana Jones Williams table that uh, much. I like it. I bought it because... As a person who likes pinball and knowing that pinball is a small niche expensive hobby, I tried to support these people who are doing this. It was 15 fucking dollars. For one table, $15, $15 was how much the expansion the, the for one table. Holy shit. Now, and I'm not saying this so people can take advantage of me. There are tables that I would pay for an official licensed, accurate recreation of it. You pay that? I, I'd pay 25. I'd okay. pay, I pay 30 for some if they were perfect. Okay. But it's a table I didn't really like. But I understand, okay. again, the, the licensing. License. This is one that people have been asking for for years, even back when Pinball Arcade still had the sure. licenses. And I was I was happy to see it come out. And I hadn't seen anything new on Zen Pinball FX in a while. So I'm like, OK, I understand. This is a small thing. I buy it. And then two weeks later, they announced this. And I'm like, you just fucking got me for $15 for I mean, one fucking and table. And they expect you to buy it again. They expect you to buy it again. It's not a licensing thing. 
That's it's, not a licensing. No, absolutely not. No, I, I would. I, my gut tells me, Ian, almost none of this is licensing. That's a bullshit. Well, I, I don't know about if that. If they're allowing you to still buy the old ones at the same time as the new ones, it has nothing to do with it. They're, well, yeah. It dep- well, they get rid um, of the stuff that you can't buy anymore. Some of this is bullshit. Well, yeah. Um, no, it's all, it's all a little fishy to me. Not fishtails. Great game. Great game. Uh, Love um, oh, and then, uh, and then uh, 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 even, uh, even worse... If you don't want to do that, you can just subscribe to their games as service. Fifteen dollars a month subscription. Fifteen a month. Fifteen a month. And that, does, does that give you access to everything? Everything. So, so what is that? Pat, man, that's a that's a hundred and forty a year. What is, the fuck is that? Fifteen times twelve. It's uh, one hundred thirty-five a year. And that amount of money would buy you the tables if you just outright bought them. One fifty a year. That is. I think it's like hundred and forty if you outright buy all the tables again. Then why would you just buy all the tables again? Because. I mean, they got you. They got you both ways. What's the expression? Both ways to Sunday. What is the expression? So, and, and part of this, this is, is okay. part of this uh, is my own fault. But between pinball arcade, various versions of pinball arcade, various versions of pinball effects, some of these tables I would be buying for the fifth time, and I'm just I can't. Are they going to? Are any new tables released? Are they going to have it on both versions or force you to get this upgrade? I don't know. That's my question. They say right now that they're not getting rid of pinball effects three, but I don't. I don't. I don't trust anything at this point. But I guarantee you that they'll probably say, okay, any new tables, you're going to have to upgrade. But if you upgrade, Ian, you're going to have to have two different interfaces between both versions of the program, I guess. Right? I guess. So the response within the Pinball FX3 subreddit was universally negative. How can we be positive? One player calculated that acquiring all the tables would cost $150 because they'd need a $100 pack of $1,200 tickets plus a $50 $50 pack of 575 <laughs> tickets, which would leave them with 90 unused tickets, technically worth about $10. That's how they get you. It's like a gift card. They already got your money. A lot of people don't end up using those gift cards either or all of it. That's how they get you. This is a gift card bullshit situation. This is this is this is bad. This is bad, Ian. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not happy. I wouldn't be either. As for rebuying I, the tables, Kirk understands why that prospect is upsetting to some. We're getting some heat right now. I'll yes, you are. Same thing happened in 2010. The same thing happened in 2017. Yes, but it's the fact that you keep fucking doing it. And before then, you could make... I, I feel like starting it, you could make some excuses as to the physics aren't great. You know, we, we want sure. to get... A, the we physics back graphic. in Tame was not good. But we now oh. have physics that have been... Yeah. That are pretty acceptable. And graphics that are more than... What were they upgrading from? What were they using before? I have Unreal? no idea. Maybe their own and I don't. I their don't own know. engine or Unity. I, I mean, know. like, do you need it for yeah, for pinball games? Do you need fucking uh, Unity Matrix demo level graphics? No, the machines look great. They look fine on I, pinball I mean, effects. They look fine. I'm getting angry and I'm not even into it. That's ridiculous. As you're, and there's no is there a viable competitor out there anymore? No. So they say that this will prohibit there ever being this problem again. They're saying that talking with licensors, talking with other people, that with the ticket system, that you'd be allowed that that basically cross buy and cross play would be allowed. So if you have it on 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 you know the Epic Store and they eventually release it on other systems, or, you know, or other Steam, you would have it across systems. But what's to stop them from doing this again if they decide they need to upgrade it to Unreal Five or Unreal Six or you know whatever the fuck it this is? This is this is greedy as fuck. I don't like it. And if and, and and like if I, I just at, at some point and I don't want to be mean because these people have reached out to me. Uh, I was part of the pilot program. I got to play all the stuff when they upgraded the physics and they started bringing real tables in. But um, 
what was what was I gonna say? Uh, shit, I was it pushed too far? Oh yeah, well no. no at some point you're gonna if, be out. If, 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 if if you if 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 do it if you can't it, you're running the business poorly then you're doing something wrong. Yeah. As someone else said, it's not our responsibility that they decided to upgrade the engines. No. If they want more money, they um, release more tables. Yeah. Nothing is stopping them from no. making more tables that don't have licenses and IPs. And you should have notified people like Ian that, hey, maybe you hold off. And this yeah, maybe you don't buy spend twice. 15 fucking dollars on one table if you're going to have to buy it again. Because obviously this has been development for a long time. Like you knew it was coming. There was no transition plan. It sounded like right for the people that bought. Like, can you at least? I'm not saying don't if you don't do it just for Ian. Everyone that's bought one of your tables in the past, I don't know, year, give them a freebie on the upgrade. Yeah, do that at least something, something, do something, because this is horrifying. If this was a game doing something like this, that this would be game. huge. I mean, like. <laughs> game <laughs> it's pinball i mean like if this was a big video game doing sure. this, not a pinball is niche if this is a big game doing this oh this would right be huge this news. would be much bigger news if it wasn't pinball it'd be big and, and, and at the end of the day like i said it's not everyone there it's people high up but i feel like someone just realized hey we've got this small dedicated fan base them. and we can fucking gouge them and i'm pissed this, off this about a, it this is a gouging yeah sorry about that Ian. nope anyways that's all moving uh, on E3 2022 is not happening. Not happening. <laughs> it's officially canceled. Um, we, we, we said the demise of E3 was going to happen even before the pandemic. said this is not long for the world. Right. We're not huge prognosticators, prognosticators, prognosticators on it. But, like, there's no need to do them anymore. Nintendo has their own directs. EA has their own. Like, there's no reason to. That's IGN thing playing. There's no reason to spend okay. hun- potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars on an event where the same information can go out free online in a video or on you have your own stage set up at your own offices with people demoing shit. There's just no need. Right. It, but this is saying there's not even a digital version happening yes. this year. So yes. just so um, it's weird. Maybe they realize that I, uh, people don't aren't into it anymore. Were people not signing up for the digital version? Because remember, there's only two months out. Cancel your cancel is only two months away. Yeah, uh, it's weird. Yeah, I feel uh, like they probably just looked at it and they're like, wow, no one's coming back to this. So I guess it's the ESA uh, not making money on E3 anymore, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm happy to see it go. Uh, I got to be honest with you. I've been tired every year of this, uh, of seeing people get excited and then immediately the same people afterwards talking about how much it sucked. Sure. Uh, I, I, Who I, won E3? Um, ESA one, they got everyone's money. I'm happy that we don't have to pretend to cover it. We used to do special podcast E3 news. Remember that several years ago? We they never like- got any views and it sucked. <laughs> um, this, this is the update from it. Uh, update. Update. ESA has shared an official statement with IGN confirming the cancellation and that E3 will return in 2023 with an, in a reinvigorated showcase. We will devote all our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and, and digital E3 experience next summer, whether enjoyed from the show floor or from your or from your favorite uh, devices. The 2023 showcase will bring the community, media, industry back together in an all-new format and, and interactive experience. No, it won't. It's done. Yeah. I'm not saying there won't be an E3 next year. The importance of it, skipping a year, and then the pandemic, and then even before, it's it's done. Yeah, they might have something back next year that's called E3, but E3, as we know, it is finished. It's done. 
So it'll be interesting to see if something decides to try to take its place or if we just move on from this June is randomly our info dump month because that's how it was needed for magazines. 20 years ago. Yes, yeah, for, for magazines. Sure, make sure you had stuff in the fall to print for people to buy shit for the for Christmas. Like, we don't operate like that anymore. We right. don't. That's 20, 25, at least 15 years out of date. It's just doing it because it's a habit at this point. Um, speaking, speaking of things that aren't happening, uh, GameStop. After the podcast last week, the next day or so, started charging everyone's credit cards for the poor, unfortunate souls that pre-ordered a Intellivision Amico on their site for that $300 Galaxy Purple bundle or the $250 uh, Glacier White or Black one. They started charging full price, like $300 on the credit card, and people were pissed off. Uh, Seth Abramson, a big uh, Twitter person uh, for politics, tweeted out that he was pissed about it. Um, so obviously there was a fuck up. That happens. Right. On GameStop. GameStop didn't realize, hey, we have no inventory in here. The date up to that point said March 31st. So that makes it, by the way, that's the officially the fifth release date missed by Intellivision. I think it's the fifth. We never told them that. That's just a placeholder. Uh, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's that's that's clearly on both parties. Um, GameStop should realize that they have no. I, I just wonder, like, here's the thing. If that was something that had actually been pre-ordered a lot. They probably would have noticed. Oh my God! There's we don't have any. Do yeah, here. do we have fifty thousand of these ready to go? Yeah. No. There's no. That's a good point. Actually, it makes me point. wonder. But yeah, I mean it, it, that that would not have happened if it was a Sony system, no, or a Microsoft system, or even a popular game, or a Hyperkin system, or you know anything. Evercade, it wouldn't happen. Or uh, yeah, Any, anything with TV go. A make believe system that I made up with <laughs> and, crayons and, and construction paper and etch a sketch. Yeah, console. <laughs> I don't know. But the Amico, um, let, let's be real. It it, 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 there, it was there was not thousands and thousands of these no. pre-orders at GameStop. There was probably it, under a hundred. I'll be generous and say there was like three hundred pre-ordered. Sure, three hundred pre-ordered. Um, but regardless, not enough to make them probably pay a lot of attention no. to it. Uh, on the other hand, so GameStop shouldn't have uh, charged. They should have been aware of this. But Intellivision probably should have, uh, yeah. you know, alerted their hey, fucking Phil? retail partners. Hey, Phil, are you on vacation still? Phil Adam? Maybe you let them know. Hey, Tommy, I, I know you were uh, you just had a video games live this past uh, weekend. So you're rehearsing your air guitar in, for Tacoma. Why, why don't you uh, let, let GameStop know? Hey, our console isn't coming out and do the right thing. I mean, you could have probably said that at some point in the past, I don't know, uh, year and a half when you knew it wasn't coming out. Like, so I'm not one of these people that say, oh, blame Intellivision 100% or blame GameStop. GameStop should know what the hell they have in stock. But obviously, Intellivision never said, by the way, guys, this shit isn't happening. Right. You can't have it both ways. You can't promote your stuff on GameStop for a year and a half with, with a, a fucking trailer uh, showing their, the, how awesome, great their controller is in the Ferrari and shit. That's what they had in GameStop, believe it or not. That's what they showed on. They had the fucking trailer showing how, how, how great the fucking uh, controller. How, remember that awful trailer like they showed on, on, on the Ferrari engine and shit? Now, uh, they're tossing the damn thing and catapulting it. Oh, yeah. Clown show shit. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, it's sad. Hope, I, I'm sure GameStop will give people their, their money back. But you know who's not giving people their money back? In television. Has not. I get more reports every week of people months ago, uh, six weeks, uh, two months ago, asking for refunds, are getting silenced. Uh, my offer still stands. I will read off people's first name, last name, initial. Not, I'm not going to say your full name and say, listen, these people want their money back. It sounds like there's some hesitancy. These are the old school intelligent fans that don't want to piss off intelligent entertainment. They fear a reprisal. 
Don't be afraid of Intellos Entertainment. Don't be afraid of, of, of Tommy. They've Collier's got nothing help. you can get from them anyways. I guess if there's people in the homebrew community that, that might be afraid of their coming after homebrew stuff and things like that. Uh, but don't be afraid of the bullies. If they come after you, people got your back. They shouldn't have your money anymore. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. So that's all I'm going to say about that, Ian. I know you're clocking it. We're 47 minutes into the intro. No, I was going to say something snarky, but I said Say something there. snarky. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Is Norm the last normal man on YouTube, Ian? I, I mean, he's one of them. A new article, or semi-recent article, uh, maintains that. Uh, this article came out a couple weeks ago. It's from uh, Derek Robertson from Fanbyte with a Y. Get it? Fanbytemedia.com. Fanbyte.com. Before I get into this, obviously, we all love Norm. Yes. I, Norm was in my dream last night, real quick. Uh, I was at a convention in my dream with Norm and Pixel Dan, and I had a baseball, and Norm was like, hey, Pat, I need that for the video. Thanks for bringing me the baseball. And I was like, I didn't bring it for you, and he just took my baseball. So, obviously, uh, we love Norm. He's my roommate at conventions. See him soon. So, this is nothing against Norm himself, and Norm knows this when we bring this up. So, this article sort of, uh, you know, goes into, you know, Norm, Norm's an upstanding dude. He's not a quote-unquote yes. YouTuber in the in the general sense of the word um talks about bringing up stuff about you know, Gen uh, genesis is a rise star video that was an older video he did i believe the rolling rocker video he did uh he's obviously done super mario 3 video i love his tetris basically documentary is like 50 minutes long oh we all love norm he does great work um but that he goes into his background as, as a, he's a trained historian he's got a degree in history um Speaking of citation, he cites a list of sources in perfect MLA style. Maybe that's where he got the idea from the bring up in the intro. Mm. Um, so he does great videos. And then I want to talk about um, this second paragraph here. Uh, here. That's probably the reason why I want to focus on this. Okay. Well, then I'll, I'll read it. Then. Uh, this is from uh, Derek Robertson, fanbite. His approach is a breath of fresh air. Post-Gamergate, even the normies, pardon the term, understand the extent to which YouTube rewards attention and conflict-seeking behavior, not to mention bizarre and extreme ideological content. The gaming historian occupies an entirely different universe. Since 2008, his videos have been remarkably consistent in both their content and delivery mechanism. A straightforward, well-researched trip down memory lane, guided by Caruso's gentle dad jokes and even keeled PBS style delivery. He takes a similarly earnest historiographical approach with, where the light gun or the Sega, Ma Master, uh, Sega Mega Modem or LJN's terrible run of licensed NES games are neither curious to be mocked or fetish objects from some bygone glory days. They're just things that existed that some people cared about once upon a time and are therefore worth documenting. Oh, yeah, a more quote-unquote objective documentarian style. Yes. Here's the facts. Here's what happened. Here's what went good, or here's what went wrong. With a with a chummy, likable personality. It's it's a it's a a, wick, a more intense Wikipedia journey. You know, it's like we're not gonna we're not gonna, sure. we're not gonna bash this stuff or call someone stupid. You know what I mean? It, it is what it is. So um, it's interesting because, yeah, the the, the way I, I divide up between usually people you may do the same thing people that have content on YouTube versus YouTubers. 
Sure. I always see them as different entities. Yes, I do. And I see them as acting different ways, too. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Norm is a person who has content on YouTube. Yes. I don't really consider Norm a YouTuber. He's not a YouTuber. And I, there's lots of people I could think of who I would consider YouTubers, and I'm afraid that if I say so, it's going to come off as insulting. But it's not meant to. There are just certain people who they... they the thing with Norm, and I think the, the main point about this article, is that Norm comes across as genuine... He seems like an everyday kind of guy, and you don't really get the feeling that there's a facade on Norm when sure. he's talking to you. You feel the way that Norm comes across in his videos is going to be different than how, um, you know, you talk to him in person. Sure. Um, and that's not really the case for most most YouTubers. Most YouTubers are act, they're acting. They have they they're, they're personas. Yes, they have their on screen persona. That might be tired of their personality, but it's an act. And then in person, or they are they are different. They're either they're either a lot of times they're less outlandish. Obviously, because you have to be out, quote unquote outlandish to be a, a YouTuber. It's like that's one of the things I love uh, about Norm, though. He's never had to be wacky. No, no, no. You want to say Pat? You were wacky. I, I was doing a character. You, you were wacky. I was doing a character. Mm. But well, we're talking about people doing characters. No, no. I know. Scripted it's characters versus different. not. Yes. Like James Rolfe is doing a scripted character. NES Punk is a scripted character. It's not a persona put on. It's a, yeah. it's a scripted narrative sure. character. That, that's the distinction. When people that call me Pat the NES Punk to criticize, like, that's not, I'm not Pat the NES Punk, you, you fucking idiot. Whenever I see that, obviously it's clickbait stuff in, for videos. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> this is not a persona. This is me. Ian can vouch for that. He's known me forever. So the point is, is that you see two different camps of people. The problem is this. When you have to put on an act and a persona and be outlandish with one of this stuff, like bizarre and extreme ideological content, which you may or might even believe in, which is which is bad. Yes. When, when you're when you're when you're bashing Brie Larson for the 40th fucking time in a year, you may not believe that shit. You just know people like that content right. because they're sad. Yes. And so you're just latching on to them uh, there. You're just grifting. The point is this. The point is, is that. Most people outside know that that's that's what it is, and an article written like this knows that someone like Norm, it's it's to him like YouTube's just a job. It's just the way he, way he puts out content. He, right, and it's the difference between uh, a person who has a job and a person whose job is their identity. And they're lot like yes, it's not their identity. You're right. That's the first way to put it. It's not like like the gaming historian is not Norm's identity. Nope, it's his occupation. Yeah, he does a great job at it, but that's his occupation. When you, when you see Norm at a convention, I just think it's funny when it says he's, he's the last uh, a normal man on YouTube because because even on, uh, everyone on Twitter responded that, like, hey, Norm's, Norm is normal. They're like, eh. Like, it's just funny as hell. Everyone, we love Norm. Right. Uh, Norm's not normal. <laughs> he, he's why I love him. That's why I love him. Super down to earth, but he's he's got his quirks, which is why we love Norm. Everyone loves fucking Norm. Uh, they not lo- loves fucking Norm, but we love Norm. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people have loved fucking Norm. <laughs> A lot? Okay, that's scandalous. I right. be clear there. The All proper right. amount of people. <laughs> so the point is this, is that there's also a divide, Ian. I always look at, there, age is a thing when it comes to this and when you start it. i said this forever. I'm an old man when it comes to YouTube. Sure. Uh, I started uh, at 28 on YouTube. 28. Back then, it didn't really matter when you started. Like It, it was what it was because YouTube was so new. So new, right. YouTube was only, YouTube was only a couple years old then. So... Um, I was 28, out of college for six years, had my degree, my Bachelor of Arts, a double major, 
I was already working uh, my second, my third office job. My mm. third office job by then. Um, third office job. So I've been through the ringer already the previous handful of years. Already, like, was, quote, unquote, entrenched in corporate world. Uh, YouTube was, and people say, oh, I wish it was still like that. It's not. The world evolves, mediums evolved, people evolve. Um, back then, you couldn't make money on YouTube. Almost no one could in 2008. Sure. It, it, was, it was totally an outlet. It, it was just a hobby, hobbyist outlet, uh, way to advertise yourself or just get your, put your name out there. Um, that's how I think when you start that way and you evolve into people sort of liking what you do and then figuring it that way, that's different to me than someone that grows up saying, I want to be a YouTuber. And then you get yes. into it as a teenager or college. I think that's different uh, because you're following YouTube, like you said, as an identity, almost as a lifestyle, Style. which I cringe at. But I've had talks with other older YouTubers, and we definitely have seen the difference between like, hey, YouTube's an outlet. It's almost a platform versus I'm a YouTuber. I'm in the culture of YouTube. I follow the whims of sure and like what's hot and what's not. And that's where the division is lost. Yes, I agree. And. It is what it is. I'm not saying if you're a quote-unquote YouTuber, it's a bad thing. I couldn't do it. because I couldn't live in d or die just being a YouTuber, obviously, because then obviously your income is almost 100% tied within as well. And that's bad because then you start start chasing trends and you have to then... Uh, you lose sight of yourself. <clears throat> yes, because then you're doing content you don't want to do. Right. Trust me, I could have always went with the trends if I wanted to and done you know, top 10 videos when they were hot and doing the Let's Play videos when they were hot several years back and follow that stuff. But then at some point when you start changing your, we have to start changing your content every couple of years. I don't know. Then it's not fun anymore. Then it's a job. Then it's entirely a job. I'm not just saying it's not right. a job now, but then it's like you, you, you want you, to enjoy it. The enjoy, yeah, the enjoyment level is less and less. Obviously, someone like Norm hasn't or someone like James Rolfe, they've just stuck with what it was and they dealt what they what they liked uh, for the most part with like ABGN. And with like the, the gaming historian. And, and it worked. And good for them. Yeah. But being a YouTuber? Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Nope. Too much, too, too much uh, reliance on, on the fickle emotions uh, of people and algorithms. You know who tried to, to bash uh, us or at least my, me and my channel based upon my views going down? Zadok Payet, your favorite person. Oh, God. Saying, Look how much uh, the views have gone down since they started talking about the Amico. That's a piece of shit. I don't know if I've said that. I think he's... Did you say it? I think you said it. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add? Uh, someone pointed out to me uh, that he abandoned the uh, Intellivision Amico Reddit. Oh, he did? He's, he's no longer a moderator. Or the regular Amico one. The regular Amico one. The one, yeah, he, he, the one he helped transform into a dis uh, yeah. gutless, he, he, disgusting, he left it. disgusting corporate he left Reddit. It because everything you touch turns to shit. <laughs> <laughs> and you just back the wrong horse constantly, and then you cry about it. You fucking cry like a baby. Well, that's, that's too bad. That's a shame, Ian. That, that, that'll be a, that'll be a, that second apology isn't going to come anytime soon. I don't think. Good. Uh, Ian, we have a, we have a Patreon, don't we? Uh, we do patreon.com slash CU podcast. You go, I do writings. We do weekly hangouts. We're probably going to do one this weekend. Uh, you get the full video podcast. You get bonus episodes. B -b bonus. And you get these polls. It's the first time I've really just rattled through all that. I know. It's been without, a long time. It's been, it's been a while since you got the actual uh, URL wrong. I missed those. <laughs> Yeah, I missed those. It took like a year and a half, two yeah. years to get that going. I'm glad I got it. So this was, I downloaded the data, a, and I predicted it, Ian. I said, sometimes wrong. I said, I think this is going to be close. 
this poll. I don't know where it's supposed to go. It was a 50 50 split. 50 50 split. On the podcast. First time we've ever had it. We have had one other. I don't remember. One the that topics, was off by we one. Had one other that was off by one. Yeah. Or two. And, and, and first place, both of them tied for first. Two gold medals like the Olympics. That's what they do. Is $100 too much for Atari Adventure re release cart? Uh, and then also 50% the top NES games ranked listicle. Well, it's like the Senate. You have the, the, the vice president gets to break the tie. We're the vice president. We're breaking the tie. We're going to talk about the 50th Atari anniversary licensed re-release of Adventure. What was the question we asked? Is 100 too much? Is $100 yes. too much? Yes, yes. 100 is way too fucking much for this bullshit. This is part of the Atari XP line. We talked about this last year. The first three. Remember remember they got yeah. the prices wrong? Remember that they, they credited uh, Howard Scott Howard Warshaw? Howard Scott Warshaw with incorrect. all three of them. And then, yeah. And then they didn't contact him at all about nope. this. And he was like, this, they had to take his name off. It was a fucking mess. Atari, Atari has only done a couple things right in the past 20 years. One of them was Hasteroids. So, yes. So they did Yars Return. I don't remember these being this much money. One hundred and fifty dollars. So that's for the that's for the limited edition. Limited edition. The regular edition is forty nine ninety nine. At the time that they announced these and we talked about them, they didn't have pictures. That we thought the fifty dollar one was just a loose cart. They swapped because yeah. they, they 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 just had they a picture of the loose cart yes. for the limited, and then they had a boxed copy for the regular. Yes. And we thought that the limited edition was just going to be the box copy. So if you pay fifty dollars, you get. For this year's return, for instance, you get the cartridge, the box, the manual. Okay. Limited edition, 150s, 150, no, fuck off. The Atari Adventure, 50th anniversary edition, $100. Oh, can eat shit. This limited edition includes <clears throat> high quality Atari 2600 cartridge made from special plastics. And it's, why do people talk about plastics? Like, like, Tommy did that once too. Oh, this, is, you know, uh, this kind of plastic is it's very special because no, it, no one cares. Not everything has to be special or premium. Premium, premium. premium. Not yes. everything needs to be premium. <sighs> an extended instruction manual. An extend, I'm sorry, it's an extended instructional manual. Extended with, with bonus material. Well, you wrote a couple more pages about the lore of adventure. A hard enamel collectible pin with black nickel plating. Those cost like a dollar to make <laughs> uh, at most. A polyester uh, blend, a twill woven embroidered collectible patch, a, a few bucks. A digital copy of the game playable on the Atari VCS. Pirate it. Only 1979 copies of this limited edition cartridge will be made to celebrate the year in which it was released. This is a pre-order and is expected to ship in quarter three, 2022. Artwork subject okay, to change. Real quick. Real quick. Fuck so, off. Again, these were $50 for Savitar, Aquaventure, and Yara's Return for what you're getting here. They doubled, for 100. They doubled, doubled the price. They doubled the price, and then you're saying for the... For the limited ones, it'd be two hundred. No, or, I didn't see that. It, oh, okay, it's just I think it's just this. They realized they couldn't charge two hundred dollars for it because that would be well, one hundred and fifty is what they tried to charge for okay. the limited edition Aqua Venture Yars Return. This is what you got for one hundred and fifty. Just for comparison, one hundred and fifty dollars on the past three ones. You got an eleven by seventeen premium cardstock gloss aqua premium quarter full poster. You got a fucking poster, okay? The extended instruction manual with bonus material. Uh, you got the pin. You got the polyester. Uh, embroidered patch. everything, same stuff. You got everything. They're just dropping the price by fifty bucks because they realize no one's buying well, this shit for a hundred and fifty. Well, you're not getting the poster. Oh, you're not getting a poster. You're not oh, getting the poster. Ooh, well, that's an extra fifty dollars. So, so they realized, Ian, 
that no one wanted this shit at 150. Yep. But they they didn't want to charge only $50. Right. Because they could sell some that way. So we'll charge you 100. Holy shit. For 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 adventure. For adventure. I don't care it was in a Steven Spielberg movie. That was several years ago by now and no one cares. That movie was miserable. It was it was all right. It was No, it was not all right. It was I, miserable. I, the plot the, the fucking plot holes were awful. Then again, someone that's what kind of was in the book a little bit and the, the point is this. It's adventure. It's adventure. Yeah. No one brought up adventure before that movie. Ready player one. No one cared about adventure the past twenty years. No, no, that's 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 being excessive. People always pointed to it as one of the Atari games you should get. I mean, it's not like it was completely unknown. I'm just saying. No, I didn't say it was unknown. No one, no one cares about adventure. Like, sure, it's, it's, I, it's adventure. No one's paying a hundred bucks for this. Please don't pay a hundred bucks for this. Yeah, please don't. It's insane. Now that begs the question: Is there at this point, minus you know a game like Yars Revenge slash I guess the Return here, the one they put out that was the, you know the fucking whatever one that someone did fan made one that they made into a sequel. Is there anything left that would warrant a, like a boxed Atari game re-released? A, Atari game, not 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 Namco on Atari, not Activision. Is there anything no. worthwhile at this point? No, not that I can think of. Breakout. I mean, there's other um, good, there's other good, decent Atari games that haven't been re-released, but they don't need to be re-released. Well, that, yes. I mean, that, that's that's my point. My problem here is that they, they don't need to be re-released because anyone who's ever worked in a video game store knows that you can fucking go and buy this for three dollars at most places that would carry these games. It, these games uh, are not hard to find. Adventure briefly was worth ten dollars after that fucking Spielberg movie, and I'm sure it's back down to three or five. I know uh, Luna would be charging three for people it. People are trying to get ten dollars, thirteen buy it now's on here. People people did tr- probably gobble a bunch up because of that sure. movie. We get that, but even uh, what's a complete in box one going for Atari Adventure? I'll put it. I'll you put re-release it. rare games that are hard to come by. You don't re-release shit just to re-release it. None of these Atari okay. games need these re-releases. The, the the previous stuff that they did, despite me not liking it, but like the Aqua Venture, the Saboteur, and the Yars Revenge, yeah, or Yars whatever. Um, return. Return. At least those were unreleased. So it looks like it's hard to get an adventure completing box now. Like there, it is hard to get. Um, Hundred dollars? Are these actually selling? Uh, yeah. So that movie did did probably dent the completing box one. And then maybe maybe some of the awful WADA graded shit the past couple of years affected it. Oh, maybe. But it's not for a lot of the games. It looks like it's that one. Sure. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's look. Let's click on uh, sold listings here and see. Um, it's. I understand Atari's got to make money. And listen, this is a st- this is a step better than a lot of their other stuff. I do too. Uh, I understand they've uh, got to make money, but like it's insulting well, to see a package like this charge a hundred when like I, and okay. I I bring them up all the time when Retrobit does these insane deluxe packs with statues and shit for for okay. sixty. Looks like complete in box. This is where they got the idea from. Complete in box, uh, March seventh. One sold for one hundred fifty dollars. One sold for two hundred and three dollars. Nineteen eighty uh, adventure. With box mount, two hundred three dollars of bids. So people are wanting this common game for some reason, and I can't figure it out. Maybe it's still from the movie. The movie came out like six years ago, didn't it? At this point, six seven years ago. Yeah, and I don't think it was even. Uh, I don't think that game was. Uh, I don't think that game was even like the MacGuffin in the book. It was just for the movie. Yeah, I think it was something else in the book. 
but I could be wrong. I don't know. So maybe they're out. Maybe Atari saw us and said, "Hey, people are going to spend one hundred fifty dollars, but that's for an old one." With some nostalgia built in, not for a re-release. I just don't. Right. Well, the other thing I would say uh, is that re-releases aren't meant to match the price of what the fucking well, old ones are going for. They're meant to bring the price down. Well, they're trying to. Uh, I guess a hundred is bringing it down a little bit, but no, I, it's still it's still just being it, gross. It's exorbitant. It's a fifty dollar cartridge with it's all the extra stuff. And I trust the people at Retrobit. I trust the people at Retrobit. You know, run a decent business. If they can put those fucking things out for sixty. And you get and you get like little mini and you get even stuff more and, than and, that. Yeah. Then they can fucking fit all that stupid yeah. shit in a fifty dollar box. Yes, and and still make money because Retrobit's still around. Yeah, they 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 do good uh good business there. Um, Some free advertising for you guys. We, lo- we like we like Retrobit. <laughs> we love them. We saw my SoCal. We like them. Uh, like those guys a lot. Um, guys and gals. Uh, guys and gals. Atari had a April Fool's joke real quick. It was actually entertaining. It was like good nature. It was like, oh, uh, the new recharge will be like adding or whatever. It, so they sh- or add, or like or arithmetic. And they showed like a little flash thing where like it was adding. It was because oh. obviously they've been doing their recharge games. Yeah. The, and, I, and I commented uh, tongue in chick took a shot. I was like, well, this, this is not as good as your other April Fool's jokes. Uh, Atari crypto token, Atari hotel, Atari casino, Atari speaker hat and Atari VCS. Um, so the point is, is that like like the Atari recharge games? That's your wheelhouse, Atari. That's. Put out some nice reimagined games. Yeah. Uh, I still want to play the Asteroids. Uh, Ian wants to play. Did you, play the, did you get the Centipede one? No. You I want to play Breakout at some point. So, like, that stuff I'm interested in. That's interesting. Those are fun, timeless games. Um, a $50 re-release cart? Okay. I'm fine. Ian's probably good at that. $150 stuff? 100 for this stuff that's you're barely holding on to relevancy as a, as a, as a name? Sake as is? Yeah. I'll pick up a speaker hat if I see it though for twenty five bucks. Just for, <laughs> of course, you would. I'll just do that. Right, anything else to add? I, I just I don't know. Nope, that's that. It's weird. It was. I almost forgot about the other three, and then um, I don't know. I guess why would they do adventure and not do this last year? I just don't understand why they would wait. I don't know. Fiftieth anniversary of Atari because of Pong. It was officially formed uh, uh, in seventy two. I guess that's why they're doing it. This portion of the CU Podcast is brought to you by Emmy Instant Ramen. Emmy is the world's first low-carb, high-protein, and 100% plant-based instant ramen. Each serving of Emmy has 21 grams of protein, 19 grams of fiber, and only 6 grams of net carbs. It's non-GMO and is 35% lower in sodium versus traditional brands. Emmy is delicious, easy to make, and filling. It comes in flavors such as spicy beef ramen, tom yum shrimp, which was my favorite, oh, nice. and black garlic chicken ramen. You can have a bowl ready in as little as seven minutes, and you can prepare it in the microwave or on your stovetop. And it has 21 grams of protein. Each serving of Emmy is going to make sure that you stay full longer than your average instant ramen. Emmy is up to 85% lower in net carbs than other instant ramen brands. It contains up to three times more protein and four times more fiber. Most traditional instant ramen uses meat-based ingredients and unhealthy preservatives in their soup bases. Emmy is a 100% plant-based product that uses high-quality ingredients. So click the link below and use code CUPODCAST at checkout or go to emmyeats.com i-m-m-i eats.com slash you podcast for five dollars off your order emmy is also proud to offer a 100 percent happiness guarantee so you can try emmy risk-free and decide for yourself if emmy is worth it if you're not happy with emmy 
They will offer you a full refund within 30 days of purchase. Again, that's emmyeats.com slash CU Podcast, or just click the link below and use code CU Podcast for $5 off a variety pack today. Uh, we got voicemails, Ian. How do you, how do you, how do you, you go to anchor.fm slash the CU Podcast? You gave me the knowing nod. Like, you got this, Patrick. Mm-hmm. You go there, you leave a voicemail, you entertain us hopefully within 30 seconds. Uh, you you don't have to you don't have to uh, virtually blow us. Hey, just say uh, this is my this is my question, and you're off and running. Uh, and here's the first one that I don't have queued up yet. Hey Pat, hey Ian, Chris Taliaferro here, calling from beautiful Maple Shade, New Jersey, with a Girl. quick question: What are some of your favorite memes of all time? My personal favorite is the recent chingy Sesame Street meme that got Estee Lauder executive John Dempsey fired for sharing it. What? I'm biased, though, because I made that one, so I thought it was hilarious, but just wanted to see what you guys said. Thanks. You made a meme. You're like a a meme founder? Wow, that's an honor. I don't know what that's about. I don't really know Uh, much about memes. I would say that my favorite, uh, I don't really like memes. However, there are a couple that I do like. Uh, Here comes that boy. It's the frog on the unicycle. I like him because he's cute. He's cute. He's a little fat frog on a unicycle. And uh, I always thought the... uh, I've seen some really good ones of the the Orange County Choppers guys. The back and forth where they throw the chair. Oh, yeah. yeah, That's an old one. That's an old one. And I've I've, I've had some... They're arguing about something back and forth. I've seen some enjoyable ones uh, in that format. I'm more into the video memes at this point Mm. um, that are hysterical, especially for like... Uh, NBA Twitter is hysterical, and in general, my favorite one is there. There's the uh, the black boxer, who's at, who was I think at a UFC event. And when he goes, he got cooked, he got cooked, and it's hysterical. And then there's another one. He goes, man, I'm just getting cooked out here, and he's like <laughs> ex- exasperated over something. Maybe he maybe he like bet on the wrong guy, and it's hysterical. And you can use them for anything uh, for that. Okay, real quick, the Estee Lauder executive. Not to get into it, sixty five. Longtime executive was fired from his $10 million a year job after he posted a meme with the N-word and then joked about COVID on his personal Instagram. Okay, then. All right. Didn't hear about that one. Holy shit. Come on, Boomer. What are you doing there? All right. Uh, next one here. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Ian. This is Will out of Chattanooga. I'm sorry for the high energy and the pauses last time. Just a poor attempt at humor. Anyway, oh, right. I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, and I love barbecue. So I want to ask you what kind of barbecue do you like? Are you more brisket? Do you like ribs? I personally love a good pulled pork sandwich with some coleslaw and medium but not terribly hot barbecue sauce on top Jesus. of that. Thanks, y'all. Love the podcast. Have a good one. My, my stomach. I'm, I'm serious. Uh, Come on, Will. You're killing me. Okay. I'm, I'm, pull, I'm all about pulled pork. I usually like to sample, though. If I go to a barbecue place, like if I'm at an event somewhere, and like I'll be like, all right, give me a little bit of pulled pork, give me a little bit of the chicken, let me get a little brisket. I do a little bit of everything just to ch- sample it. I'm uh, a pulled pork. Oh, I, I love brisket. Um, I like ribs. I like my ribs generally uh, on the drier side. Um, I uh, really love hot links, though. I love a good hot oh. link. I love a good hot link. Uh, and my Tessans don't like them. And the uh, the place where I've been playing a lot of pinball lately, they have a barbecue. Uh, food truck there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and oh. I had I tried their tri tip, which is a very California oh, like, cut of meat. I like and sometimes tri tip is great, and I've oh. had a lot of tri tip out here that's not great. But their tri tip, that sandwich was awesome. But oh. the hot link, I just wanted something quick. I didn't want a whole plate. I didn't want a side. Oh, and God. the hot link, 
They stuff the hot link in between two of those sweet oh. Hawaiian rolls. Oh, God. All right, sweet Hawaiian rolls. <laughs> it's so fucking good. I, I, I like them in theory, but once I hit like 35, 36, spicy food, like I started getting heartburn. Like sure. Some, I, I went over to Frank's and he made, um, he made like uh, beans and rice, super spicy. Afterwards, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I never had heartburn like that. Like it felt like everything was just chumped up. Like you know what I mean. Like I never had heartburn in my life. Yeah. And like I felt like I wanted to die. And I was like, wow, okay, I gotta be careful. Like it's not the taste; it's just afterwards the effect of my body. Like that was like a weird cut up point, mid thirties for me. I can still do spicy food, but I gotta be careful on the type of spicy food. Um, I love the tribe tip uh, at Phil's Barbecue. The sandwich is really good. I get it at the, at the airport. That's always the best when you have a red red eye. I'm gonna have something nice and fatty and, and and good before getting on the plane. I love doing that right there. Fuck Phil. Ian, I'm trying to get the, the Phil sponsorship. <laughs> what are you fucking doing to me here? We gotta get free free. You got Magic Spoon. I want I want to get free. I don't want no fucking Phils. I want to fucking stuff down your throat. <laughs> fucking get get that bro ham sandwiches. You're gonna eat it. You're gonna like it. You're gonna eat it. All right, next next one here. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Mark from Vancouver. First time, long time. I just wanted to let you know that I had a dream about you two last night. To be fair, it was a little less exciting than it sounds. I don't want We were to all playing a level of Contra that doesn't exist, and I was telling you the true story of how at a recent bachelor party, they had a Nintendo EverDrive set up. The only game I'm half decent at is Ninja Gaiden, and wouldn't you know it, they only had Ninja Gaiden 2 and 3 on it. Anyways, love the podcast. Keep it up. Well, no question, but... uh Okay. Why would you put Ninja Gaiden two and three only on on a on an EverDrive and not Ninja Gaiden one? Well, maybe because I don't know. Maybe because that was like in his dream, like he, he feared playing those games versus the original. I don't know. No, no. But he said in real life that was a true story that he went to. Uh, oh, I couldn't follow where that call was going. It was going all over the place. It was going all over the place. <laughs> uh, let me this way, real quick on Contra. They have randomizers for other games. How about a Contra stage randomizer? Ooh, yeah. Wouldn't that, that be kind of sweet? That could be fun. Yeah. Or it would just be a mess where it would be platforms you couldn't jump on. Pretend, you know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, they can figure it out. Right? They can figure, yeah. figure it out. How there's no, there's no, for like running gun shooters or even a Ninja Gaiden randomizer would be fun. That'd be hell on earth, a Ninja Gaiden randomizer, actually. Yeah. Like five eagles flying at you the same. No, that's not a good idea. Contra would be good, though. Uh, okay, next one here. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Phil Bowser from Jacks, Florida. Hey, Phil. As a fan of Maniac Mansion on the original NES, Who's as well it? as the LucasArts point-and-click adventures on PC... I was kind of surprised that we didn't really see that genre on Super Nintendo or N64 with the mouse as well as the analog stick. I thought it would have converted pretty well. well so I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Well, you Take did, it. but not too many of them. Right. I think my thinking is while, while, while there was the mouse, you know, for the Super Nintendo, and you did have a handful of a couple of games that tried to emulate the point and click i just don't think it works on a tv because you you, you got to take into account that not everyone's super close to the tv most console video games are are you know the resolution isn't really great either though for a lot of the precise stuff sure so i just think um, it's you know if you're closer to your tv or if you're playing on a big screen tv now you're fine but if you're playing on a smaller tv like a, a 22 inch or something back in the day and you're sitting across the room i i can't see that being an ideal way to play that type of game games that should have had like a mouse support thing that we didn't get it here which sucks you had worms you had uh starcraft yeah um i'm running out of ones uh, someone should do a book and go over them uh, but uh, our, our our friend derek uh alexander did a video about the mouse uh, on the s mouse by the n64 yeah n64 oh, i'm one. sorry n64 yeah, yeah I, I offered to watch buy, that i offered to buy them off him 11 years ago at uh at mac he brought it there i'm like oh that's cool i'll buy it off you i couldn't get it from him. damn it <laughs> 
I was like, I never saw it before. I, I, I want that. Uh, and then in Japan, going over the Japan list, um, there was um, what's that? What's that sim game where you're the you're the android girl or whatever? That was an adventure type of game that was like a PC style game that you could have used a mouse probably. I don't know if it had the support. I have a little database right here that basically constructs the book that has all like the special features. And uh, let's see, Control F mouse. Uh, only six games use the mouse, and most of them are DD games, I believe. Let's see, Marinophotopi. Were they all? Oh no, they were all DD games. They didn't do. They didn't do support for well, the DD came out so late. That's probably why. Yeah, DD came out late. So yeah, that's a shame. At least the Super Nintendo had mouse support. For about, I want to say, fifteen to twenty games. Yeah, top of my head, it got it in there. It used some it weird ones too. Oh yeah. So uh, next. Hey Pat and Ian, it's Patrick from Elgin, Illinois again. Hey, my question is for Ian. Hey Ian, I know you're a John Carpenter fan. I was curious if you've seen, in my opinion, his very underrated film, In the Mouth of Madness. Hmm. If you have, I was wondering what your thoughts were. Nope. Thanks. Have a good one, guys. I haven't, and it's it's like next on my list. There's a, there's only a handful of Carpenter movies I haven't really seen, and In the Mouth of Madness is one, and I've never seen Dark Star. Is he still directing? Or is he retired from directing? Um, he directed the the I'm pretty sure the last Halloween, the not not Halloween Kills, but the 2018 Halloween. He was at least involved as a writer. I don't know if he was the director. I don't think he. Directed. I don't think he directed. No, um, I think he, did this, he might have done the score for it. He did do well. He he did the score for all of them. Oh really? I think he did. He definitely even, did even the, even the Rob Zombie ones. Or no? uh, that that maybe not. Uh, he's up there now. He's seventy four. Uh, let's see. What's his last thing he directed? Yeah, Return Return the Halloween. Uh, he was executive producer, co composer, and creative consultant on it. Okay. Okay. Um, and then he's going to be he'll work as a composer and producer on the sequel, and then for Halloween ends, which. Uh, I guess that's next year. Next two year. years? No, it's this year. Oh, they're this year. Because, of, really the, because of the way the last one was delayed, the Halloween ends is this year. Isn't that nice to have a movie come out a year later? Isn't that nice? Yeah, it Not is. Not many things do that anymore. That's nice to do that. Only like Back to the Future 2 and 3 because they shot it back to back. Right. On that. They should do that more. Shoot things back back. I know it's tough. Uh, you know, you got everyone in the same place. You spent another month and a half. Let's get it done. Like the Lord of the Rings thing is still a miracle. They did three movies and like it took like, a, like was that 14 months? That's a miracle. So they did those three movies like that. You got that. And they're all the same exact quality because of that. And you had to save money to do that. You couldn't bring everyone back to New Zealand, you know, a couple more times. So I think you've gotten this question before, but yeah. I have a small caveat. Oh, give a caveat. Aliens have come down to Earth, and they want to know what oh. video games are. So you have to show them some examples. But I want wrong answers only. As in video games that, best case scenario, confuse them. Or worst case scenario, pisses them off and leads to the annihilation of Earth. Thanks. Well, what is that one? Destroy all humans? What was it the one in the past yeah. two? Yeah. Be like, what is this? This is racist against aliens. You know, like, what are you doing to I, us? I would show them Wally Bear. You show them Wally Bear. Show them Wally Bear. You wouldn't want to show them Independence Day. Like, hey, this is their idea of an, <laughs> this is their idea of an intergalactic war. And they'll be like, oh, silly humans. Really? We just press a button. You'd be all be atomized in a second. We don't have to. We don't have all have like fifty ships across. We we hit one button. You'd be gone. What are, we, what are we kidding here? I do like your idea. Showing them destroy all humans would be interesting and have them be like, hey, I'm personally offended yeah, by that. kind of offends me here. We're going to give you all this all this good tech and we're going to leave now. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you guys. Hey, guys. This is Alex from Wisconsin. Uh, just wanted to say how excited I am for the official announcement of the CU console. I know you guys are hard at work getting those deli wraps prepared for packaging. What? And, of course, getting the rights to Hashteroids. Can't wait to play that in beautiful 8K. 
Um, in all seriousness, though, I know you guys have spoken before about moving uh, from the east to the west coast. Uh, just wondering if you had any general advice or uh, kind of tidbits of uh, info that you could share about some major life changes and what advice you might give to somebody uh, doing such a thing. Uh, my major life change I kind of had recently was uh, quitting drinking, um, something that was long overdue. Just wondering if you had any general life experiences you'd be able to share about uh, kind of making a major change. Congrats on uh, kicking the booze. Um, yeah. Any any advice, Ian, about moving east to west coast? Uh, east to west? I mean, no, I, I did. I mean, that's the thing. I'm the wrong person to come to for advice on this. I decided that I was moving out here three months before I actually moved out here, packed all my shit, got on a plane, and 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 oh. and, and made it work. So that was the exact opposite. I was like, for me, it was like a, a year of planning for me of like thinking about it. Then six months of get a place, and then I took the whole summer, three four months to prepare to do the packing. And to do that, uh, you know, I had to hire the movers. I saw an opportunity. I knew it was risky, and I just I jumped at it because I wanted to get out. And I'm, I mean, I, I'm actually kind of surprised that I'm still here, uh, in in a lot of ways. Because mm. after you know, there was, uh, I, I, and I mentioned this when I was uh, when I quit Luna. I think Luna kept me out here um, after my first relationship out here fell apart. I think Luna kept me out here, gave me a sense of day to day and belonging. And then when I, you know, met Vani and we fell in love, that was, you know, that was enough to keep me out here. But were there you, was, were you, were you just going to be like, there's nothing for me in San Diego. Uh, there was a few years there where it was like, like yeah. Eh. yeah, but little things kept coming. Like, you know, I was ready to leave and the, but you know, Luna kept me here. And then I was thinking about moving. And then my one buddy from Buffalo was like, I want to move out there for a couple of years. So I was like, all right, I'll okay. stick around. And then I met Vani and that kept me here. So yeah, I mean, and you met Pat. And I met Pat. Oh, uh, what's my? I, I mean, in terms of advice, um, try to experience new things. It's it's like not that you're it's a new life, but try to try to go along with the flow of hey, I'm gonna try to experience new things. Get out of your comfort zone a little bit. That's all. Why not? I grew a beard. It was a mistake, but I grew one. I well, I I, I, I like my second and third beards. I don't like the first one I had when I when I moved out here. Um, but yeah, why not? Why not try that stuff? Hey, isn't this Tommy Tularico song about the Intellivision Amico, that dumpster fire of a console? Anyways, guys, much love. Stay awesome from Deming, New Mexico. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Hold on, get DMCA for that or <laughs> claim my ad. Hey, Panion. Andrew from Racine, Wisconsin. A question for you. Why does everyone hate on Nintendo not having 4K, Gura, Blu-ray, and all these fancy Gura? whistles and bells to it? I just got done playing Mario Kart 8, the DLC, and the cups are good, but I just remember everyone just complained that we don't have 4K smooth edging graphics for, the, for any Nintendo consoles. I don't feel that Mario and all that need that. What do you guys think? Well, right, well, the first party games probably don't. The third party is what people always hinge on. It's like, well, if you don't have 4K, that means you're not getting the latest and greatest from from the from the triple A's from the third parties, and that 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 holds some weight. Yes, there some some you can still do 1080Ps that'll look good. Yeah, on modern LEDs with you know HDR and things like that. I, I like 4K, but it's not for certain games. You know, ever since I got the 4K OLED, I still think the OLED is the bigger 
the bigger improvement, the truer colors, the better contrast yes, between contrast colors. That's going to make an matters. image pop for me more. Yeah. Um, but I do like some stuff, you know, in 4K. Some of the nicer looking games do look great in 4K. Um, that said, Nintendo's stuff is always remarkably built within the limits of the system. Nintendo yes. made the system. They know what their first party games can and can't do. Art design. So they always look phenomenal. And yeah, so I think what it comes from is a lot of people who maybe only buy one system or don't buy multiple systems. If you've only got, you know, a, a switch and you play a lot of third party games, then that's probably where the complaints are coming from. People who don't have the money to buy multiple systems have a switch and want to be able to play the other system stuff at, at yes. the same graphical fidelity. For me, it's just not that big of a deal. I understand that for some people it might be. For me, it's not. But I think that's where it comes from. I think it mostly comes from people who have the switch as their primary system. Yes. I'll do a couple more. Hi, Pat. Uh, hi, Ian. This is Sean calling from Dublin, Ireland. Uh, I just wanted to ask, do you guys have any um, issues with the Nintendo Switch, big or small? Um, obviously, it's been a massive success, but personally, I'm really disappointed with the virtual console on it. Um, I really hoped to have been able to play some of the Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance games that I played growing up and um, would have been happy to pay for them just to have on the Switch. Um, but as it stands, there doesn't seem to be anything really cooking in that area so yeah just wondering your, your thoughts are and um thanks for the podcast really enjoy it um i mean complaints about the switch i don't really have complaints about the virtual console not being there but i understand people's complaints some people just want to own it it is a sign of that pivot to things as a service you know once you sure. stop paying you stop getting things you don't ever fucking actually own anything and that sucks so i get it um but it, i the i i, I have Almost no complaint. I love the Switch to death. My biggest complaints are I feel like the bump up in price for the expansion pass okay. was not warranted at that level, at that, that amount. And the D-pad sucks. The lack oh, of D-pad yeah. sucks. Uh, yeah, thank you for reminding me how awful it is not having a, a proper D-pad. Like I was saying I uh, mean, like the other week, I, I mostly, like I used to always play portable, and now I always play on the TV. Well, I think I know why. My buddy early on Fox, who I hope he's doing well, sent me, he made me a purple Joy-Con with an actual D-pad on it. Okay. And I played that thing portably forever, and I'm just realizing now that when that, I finally wore that controller out, it stopped charging. That's when I stopped playing portable, because I fucking hate that thing. It's, the, un, it's almost unusable for some games. So I, uh, and last night, Vonnie was playing uh, Animal Crossing, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to use the Switch in portable mode. And I grabbed it, and I started to play, like, something with it, and it was just like, I, it was a shooter. I was playing a scrolling shooter. So I didn't want to use the joystick, because it, I, I wanted the exact response. I didn't want to use the joystick, but I, like, the D-pad, yeah, I hate that fucking lack of a D-pad. Um, it was ridiculous. That was the first Nintendo console without a, a proper D-pad, handheld or regular console. And it's and all, they, and and it's all for uniformity if people use these controllers as two-player controllers, but I guarantee you, no one's really doing that. The, the amount of times people do that, people do do but, it, I've done it with people, but the amount of times people do that, they would deal with a D-pad. But they didn't even offer one. Right, I know. That's the, like, what, like, they wanted you to spend 50, 60, was it $60 or 50 for the Pro on top? So they were banking on it was an add-on. They wanted you, okay, they're like you, they'd be like, okay, no one's going to be satisfied with just this. They're going to spend fifty dollars more getting the pro controller, right. which a lot of people did. I couldn't play. Um, uh, this is close to my point. I can't imagine trying to play uh, Super Mario 
uh, 35 with the fucking Joy-Con little fucking dots. Oh, yeah. Miserable. And the D-pad on the Pro Controller isn't the best, but it's serviceable. It's not the greatest. It's serviceable. Super Mario 35 being taken away was a travesty to me. And the more I think about it, at the time I was like, yeah, it sucks. But the more I think about it, like, you could have monetized that. I'd be playing that every week. I loved that game. I had a, such a good time playing that game. Yes, I was pretty good at it. I usually got top three. But like, I love. I really thought that was a really nice communal game that everyone got behind. And it was simple and was pure. And that was bad, taking that away like that. I just thought that was sh- very short-sighted to do that, in my opinion. So that pissed me off. Um, the one thing that it's funny when, when uh, competitors like like uh, like uh, like like for example uh, this guy. If you're in the games with with blood and violence and sexual content and and kids in sexual compromising positions and rape uh, on the Nintendo, if, if 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 that's what you want, then buy a Switch. Uh, to counter that, Nintendo is very protective of the user experience when you're online. The fact that they don't want you to have active, you know, voice chats for, or you have to jump through hoops to get it. You can, but yeah, I, you have to jump through hoops. hoops. You gotta have an app, a phone app. A, no one does that. Like, it's ridiculous. People probably just go on like a Discord next to them or on their phone, you know what I mean, or a computer, yeah. and set it up. That's a lot easier. So, like, that is so backwards in terms of the times. Or, yeah, you can probably have parental controls where you sh- with shut that off for games, but, like, the over-parenting on that aspect, like let us decide, let parents decide whether or not to have the voice chats going on. But I understand they're, they're, they want to be overprotected. They don't want weird shit happening. They don't want child predators, uh, in games. Like that. I understand that, but like there's parental controls for stuff like that in general. But I, I get it. Nintendo is like super, like we don't need that. We don't make extra money off of that. We get it. So those are the things that, that annoy me. But Super Mario 35 and, and not a proper D pad to me, those are the two that really, uh, boil my frog, if that's an expression. Is that an expression? It is. Let's check in with someone, Pat. You want to check in with I someone? I want to check in with someone. Are you timing this podcast? I, I have not timed anything yet. You, know, you, you, were, you were big on the intro and on the, on the exclusive. We were at an hour, one hour 33. And it's nice. A nice perfect, time. perfect time. Perfect time. To check, check in with, with someone. someone. <laughs> and <had an> hour. <laughs> you're, in rare, you're in rare form <laughs> today, Ian. Hey, guys. Nice job covering that unboxing video. I mean, even if it wasn't a real unboxing video, your video actually was. It was an unboxing of lies! And your fans were lying too. That's why we had to disable comments on the video. You know, someone said that even though we didn't show how much time passed during the boot-up process, you could see John's mustache was a little grayer. Like, what kind of thing is that to say? And then criticizing us for not using enough packing paper. Listen, packing paper is overrated, okay? It's coarse and irritating and it gets everywhere and then ian saying the translation for the word redeem was wrong because it means redeem yourself in the eyes of god no ian you read it right the amico lets you redeem yourself in the eyes of god and you ought to get one because if anyone needs to do that it's you you big pothead piece of shit keep my game system's name out of your fucking mouth wow wow tommy going personal yeah, yeah. You know, that's just oh. a, you know, that's just a long-haired dude anymore on Atari age forms. Pothead piece of shit. Well, I don't know. Nothing to suggest, but maybe Tommy next week will, will give us an update. I agree uh, with the first half. Maybe Tommy next week will give us an update on his, his video games live uh, yeah. event, how that went. Was there any, any Amico stuff happening there? I hope so. 
Well, that was funny. That was fun. What a, what a great day we had. What a great... It was joyous. What a great podcast I got, this was. I got hungry 17 times. Thanks thanks to Amy Instagram for sponsoring this. It's because I'm wearing my cool new shirt. Is that a new shirt, Eames? New shirt. It's embroidered. Is that... Was that Bear Bear? What is that? Just a bear. Just a bear. Just a bear. I liked him. I thought he was cute. Where'd you find it? Uh, it's the same person, uh, Olivia Horsley, who uh, did the other uh, shirt I bought because it was too cute. The one of the bunny sleeping in the bed. Okay. Yeah. Adorable. I was in, I had a, a, a ringer t-shirt phase about 12 years ago. I love ringer I'm, t-shirts. I'm anti-ringer right now, but I had a phase. Love ringers. Love shirts that are overly cute. I just don't like how it feels on my neck. I think that's what got Some me. of them can be awfully um, tight. So I, now I'm just free, free pat. All right. Well, that was a fun podcast. Yeah, it was. We'll see you next week. Bye. For some madcap fun again.